0: Welcome to the Startup Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick O'Neill, and this is episode number nine. This week I'm speaking with Brian Harris, the founder of Video Fruit. Brian is an absolute master when it comes to growing your email list through your blog and acquiring paying customers. In this week's episode, we discuss three strategies to help you accomplish exactly that. Content upgrades, the Hopkins formula, and the Santa Claus formula. Since we got a lot to cover, let's get started. How's it going, Brian? How are you doing good, Nick? So I wanted to kick things off before we jump into all of your awesome strategies that you write about on your blog and elsewhere. I wanted to find out, you know, what what do you do?
1: <laughs> what do I do? That's a good question. <laughs> I need a really short answer to this question, but I don't have one. Uh, so my main, the where I spend most of my time is on the blog on Video Fruit, and I kind of out of necessity, uh, reverse engineer what other marketers are doing online and put it into common man terms. So myself, so I can implement it and so other people can implement it as well. Also do uh, some freelance consulting work. I make videos on a weekly basis for Kissmetrics and work with companies like Buffer and HubSpot doing video marketing work for them. And I sell a course and do some information products on the Video Fruit blog.
0: So you have your own products and on the Video Fruit blog and then you also have uh, this business where you're creating videos for other people.
1: Correct. Yeah, if, if you read any blog post about focus and all that stuff, yeah, that's not me. <laughs> but it's, it's getting better over time. As, as things go on, uh, focus becomes uh, more clear over time. But uh, right now, it's, it's a variety of things.
0: All right. Well, this is bad news because then this interview is destined for failure because we have two <laughs> ADD people. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll try to stay focused myself. So Uh, Let's just jump right in. Uh, What I wanted to discuss with you was a number of strategies. You mentioned on our pre-call, one thing that you also just actually emailed out was regarding content upgrades. You want to tell us a little bit about what that is and how you get that to work?
1: Yes. So a content upgrade, um, well, let's back up a little bit. So I started the blog back in October and I'm not a writer. I've never desired to write, never been good at writing, still aren't very good at writing. You could probably find a 100 spelling and grammar mistakes, and I often get emailed those in any article I write, Um, and had never done any marketing online for the previous, well, 12 years. I'd been in outside sales uh, and corporate jobs, Um, so when I started uh, doing this a few years ago, or last year, uh, everything was new to me, so I started uh, originally I just had a course that I created that showed people how to create explainer videos uh, and then I started writing because I'd heard somewhere that writing and generating inbound content link stuff would like be good for the chances of me selling a course so I started writing as a as a result of that um, so as I'm doing that I'm trying to find different strategies to get traffic to my different paid offerings and I came across one method uh, called a content upgrade actually I just kind of made up that term recently but um, a content upgrade is when you read a blog post. So, for instance, today I wrote a blog post. It was really, in, it was a four thousand word post, and at the very end of the post is an opt-in incentive specific to that post. So, for example, Pat Flynn, uh, once a month, he writes a income report, and it's really cool. You can see every dollar he made, where it came from, and everything. But at the end of his post is a opt-in incentive to download an ebook about ebooks which is like, he, he, he'll get conversions on that because he has a ton of traffic, way more than I have and probably will ever have. But his conversions are going to be really, really low on that because it has absolutely nothing to do with the reason you're on that site and uh, reading that post. So if you're a random guy, run across his income report, read it. That ebook about how to make ebooks is completely out of context. Versus if he had a opt-in at the end of his monthly income report that was how to make your own monthly income report and it was a checklist or a video or a little tutorial or whatever format it wanted to take in, his conversion rate on that would be through the roof. Uh, so I started experimenting with that. Instead of making a universal opt-in like a toolkit or a course or whatever that somebody would opt-in and I threw that up in pop-ups and at the end of posts and in the sidebar everywhere anybody went. I started focusing on making them unique to every single post I, I made. So I've, I have around 70 posts right now on Video Fruit and uh, 40 of them have uh, opt-ins that are specific to those posts. So they, it's been, I, I've talked to a ton of people that are way ahead of me in the online marketing game and it it's the best technique I've ever seen anywhere for building an email list. It works extremely well. I, routinely on a bad upgrade, like one that I kind of throw together at the last minute or it wasn't a good match for whatever reason, it'll get around a 20% opt-in rate, which means if you have a thousand people come to that blog post, 200 of them opt-in to your list uh, versus like a Pat-style opt-in that'll have usually around a half a percent to on the high end, maybe 3% if it's been around a while opt-in. So out of those thousand people, you're getting 30 opt-ins versus 200 opt-ins. And the best upgrades I've made have got over a 60% conversion rate, which means out of the 1,600 people are opting into your list, which is just astronomical opt-in rates. So uh, that's one way I've built my business. And I've been writing a series of posts over the last couple of weeks, kind of showing other
0: people how to do the same thing. So that sounds incredible. I have a number of things uh, pertaining to, I think, what you just mentioned here. Uh, the It sounds like the biggest takeaway is that you need to create an opt-in which is incredibly relevant to the article and that's how you get the highest conversion. So that sounds like the first thing, you know, one thing that I've actually done in the past for those who don't have time to create this incredible opt-in but have actually taken the time to create a comprehensive article is just say enter your email to download a PDF version of this article. And I've actually seen that work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my post today that <laughs> literally just went live is 11 ways to create those types of opt-ins in less than 30 minutes. And there's a lot of, I mean, for, after doing this for six months and trying to find the quickest way to do it, I've come up with several different ways to do it really quickly. Because the last thing you want to do is spend 10 hours writing a blog post and then spend another three hours creating some opt-in. It's just exhausting, honestly. So uh, another really cool hack is like, if you wrote a blog post about how to grill on a charcoal grill, you could go to Quora, type in how to grill in our charcoal grill, find two or three questions that are related to that, just flip on your webcam real quick and record an off-the-cuff answer to them. It takes less than 10 minutes, upload them to YouTube, and there's your bonus, and it's very specific to that. Doing the PDF version of your post is really good. Another one would be to do a checklist. So just go through your H2 titles in your post. Usually those are checklist-style items or can easily be modified to that, and you can create a, a really easy checklist inside of Google Docs. Um, you know, so there, there's several things you can do, and I've experimented with a ton of them. Probably the the highest converting one I've done. It probably is a little closer to the 30 minute mark on doing it, but it's almost it's uh, create a mini video course, um, which is basically just a couple Q and A videos and a little tutorial video. And what I'll do, um, like I did one recently on something I called the high jump formula, and it was a way to use guest posting to drive traffic. So. I just turned on the webcam, shot a 10, 15 minute video, and chopped it up into three separate videos, called it a little mini course, and that was my call to action all over the blog, and it got a 50% conversion rate. Um, So that was a really successful one.
0: On one individual post, you got a 50% conversion through doing that video.
1: Correct. And it's a net effect. So I've consulted with a few people that uh, are in the 200 plus thousand uniques a month range of traffic. And if you just take one blog post out of 1,300 blog posts you've wrote over the last six years and put a post-specific opt-in, on that post, you're going to get a really high rate, but it's not really going to budge your your monthly signups a ton. Uh, but what I've seen, one really good method, if you have a more established site, or even if you just want to go back, if you've been blogging for a year and you want to start installing this, go to Google Analytics, look at your top 10, top 15 posts over the last 60 to 90 days. And go make opt ins for those. So, right now, if you go to, if you Google literary uh, Christian Literary Agents, the number one post that comes up is a post by Michael Hyatt. And we recently went in and created that, turned it in from a, it was just a table of uh, author agents. Uh, like if you wanted to write a book and you're in the Christian genre, you could contact them. Well, we took the whole table off of the blog post, threw it into a PDF, made a nice cover for it, and now there's an email gate in front of it. And that was one of the top 10 or 15 posts or something. It still gets a lot of traffic. So that's a really effective method. Noah Kagan recently went back to his top 10 or 15 posts and, and did the same thing. And all of his new posts have it in it. Same thing with Backlinko. He went back through his. Backlinko actually just did a case study um, where doing this method increased his email subscription rate by 758%. Like, and he gives all the numbers and everything. But he just went to his top 10, put content upgrades on all of them, uh, so it's a net effect, like my site-wide opt-in rate. So number of uniques per month divided by number of new email subscribers per month is fluctuates between 12 and 13% every month, uh, which is a good bit above industry average. Usually what I see is 2 to 3% site-wide opt-in rate. So it's a net effect. If you go back and do this to the majority of your popular post or do it going forward to your really good post, it's going to bump up your site-wide rate quite a bit.
0: Do you send out an email for every single post that you write? Yes. And so I'm sort of wondering about uh, your consistency with that. How, do you have a schedule on which days you're going to deliver it so the reader has uh, an expectation of how often they're going to receive it? Or is it just whenever you want?
1: Yeah, no, I, I have a schedule. It's every Friday, I have a big post that goes out. So today's was close to a 4,000 words, really, really in depth on how to do everything we're talking about right now. Uh, and then I'll usually have a slightly lighter post on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. That The day usually fluctuates based on what's going on. But Friday's the big post, and I've published every Friday for the past, I don't know, nine months since I've started the blog. The way I did that initially, because I'm not a writer, like I didn't have that habit at all. Uh, Nathan Barry had an app uh... called commit so when i first started the blog I, I, the number one thing i kept reading <laughs> and that's the way i've learned everything is just listening to people and reverse engineering their stuff but everybody said consistency is the key so i made a goal of every day to write 250 words not a thousand not two thousand that was way too big for me uh... but i just write 250 words every day and when i first started it was all geared towards that friday post so i want to work towards being able to press publish at some point on friday every day. So I've done that. After I got consistent enough with that, I added another day to the mix with a lighter version. Um, Because again, I read Neil Patel talked about if you published more, you got more traffic. So he he found out the quickest way to get 100,000 uniques a month was to publish seven times a week. So I can't do seven, but I can go from one to two. And when I did that, traffic doubled. Just by publishing twice as much, the traffic increased.
0: Yeah. I mean, the way to get more traffic is always to publish more frequently. But that's uh, way easier said than done. Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay. Well, it sounds like content upgrades, we learned about how that can dramatically increase the number of email subscribers that you use. You know, for anyone that's listening, they should definitely check out Video Fruit to see how Brian does it because you definitely are very aggressive with the content upgrades. I, I've noticed this, you know, including on your sidebar opt-ins, I, I've noticed this, um, which I guess I wouldn't call that a content upgrade, but you definitely have these promotions to opt-in. So one other thing that you mentioned on our pre-call was the Hopkins formula. I don't know anything about it. Do you want to tell us?
1: Yeah, sure. So I was reading a book uh, about a month and a half ago called Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. And it's a, if you've been in copywriting much at all, you've heard of it, but it was written in the early 1900s. And one thing I was reading, um, in that formula was an experiment Claude did, or just a sales tactic they had back then when they were he was selling sewing machines and washing machines and typewriters, like big bulky stuff you had to ship to people. And one thing they would do is when they had a targeted list of people, so they, they wouldn't do this to complete strangers they'd never heard of before, but people that were qualified by some measure, they would send them the product. So if they had mailed in something about a typewriter, they had subscribed to a magazine or whatever the parameter was, they would just send them a typewriter and said, hey, we know you're interested in a typewriter. Um, We know it costs $300 or whatever the price was. "Um, And we just want you to try it for a week. If you like it, cool, we'll send you an invoice for it. If not, just send it back. We'll take care of shipping on it. And they found that nine out of 10 people that they did that to. And a lot of that has to do with the quality of person you're sending it to. But nine out of 10 people, they close the sale on by doing that. So I thought it'd be really interesting because I've never, like that may exist in different industries and all. Like I've never heard of anybody doing anything quite like that before. So it really just caught me off guard when I read it and thought it was just a cool strategy. And I thought it was really cool that they did it with big bulky stuff with high overhead. Yet us in the digital marketing space, like we don't do that with information products that cost like nothing to distribute. Whereas they had to pay 100 bucks or whatever to deliver the big washing machine to somebody's house. Like I have no delivery costs. It's practically zero. So I just sent out an email one day and said, hey guys, I do this a lot just with marketing strategies. I said, hey, I read this book this weekend. This is the formula. This is, this is how it works. And I described what I just described to you and said, "Now I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I want to do what I'm talking about. So I've made my $400 uh, Bootstrapper's Guide to Explainer videos free here's the password, use it for a week, if you like it, I'll send you an email in a week and you can pay for it, if not, don't worry about it. And my sales, my conversion rate went from 1.2% to 4.3%. So normally, 1.2% of everybody that gets into that sales funnel uh, converts, that went up to 4.2%. So I wound up, it wound up being like an $8,000 sales day. Um, All in all, the only people that got pitched it were people that read the blog post and said, yes, I want it. So they enter their email address um, and then were sent all the information on it. But it was a really cool formula that I think can be used a lot. It can be abused if you do it the wrong way or you just have your own aggressive angle on it. But I really had no, like I was cool if nobody bought it. Like I, It was really nice to have a ton of people go through it, a ton of fresh people to go through it to help me improve it, make tweaks to it. But the sales at the end of the day validated the idea and it just worked really extremely well.
0: So you gave it away free, you gave them a password, that password was only valid for that group for a week, and then you just sent the follow-up email, and that password was no longer going to work after seven days.
1: Yeah, so I think it was, I think I sent it initially, it was a Friday blog post, um, but I wrote it on a Friday and described the whole formula, said uh, if you opt in today, it'll have seven days, so next Friday the password will expire. So I think next Thursday, it wound up being the 4th of July weekend, I didn't really plan again, (laughs) I didn't really plan all that great. So Thursday was like the seventh day. So I sent an email Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I said I, on Thursday I said I, actually I didn't realize it was gonna be four, so I've extended it till Monday. So you have that the rest of the weekend because most people like download it. Even the people that got it, most of them got it and never logged in, so they just got the free thing and never actually used it. So I stayed in contact with them, almost like a product launch a little bit. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday I sent emails just talking about different parts of the course to encourage them to get into it. Because the point was to get them to test drive it. I knew if they got the password for free, but never used it, they were never going to buy anything. So I wanted to encourage them. I sent them a couple of customer testimonies, sent them a couple of videos that past clients or past coaching clients have made with it. So they could see what type of video they could make and then pointed out just some of the more cooler elements of the course. Uh, And then uh, I think the last email was Sunday and then Monday, was the big call to action. It was like, hey guys, the password is going to expire at 8 a.m., just one last thing. And I wound up giving them a couple different packages they could buy from with some incentives and stuff like that in it. So it was almost like a mini product launch, but it was cool. You know, kept it top of mind, gave them some incentive, had a little urgency built in because the password was expiring and the bonuses were expiring, but did it in a way that didn't feel spammy or scammy at all. I think that's pretty important.
0: So do you think you would end up
1: using the same strategy again I think so. Like, I think it would be interesting to do that once or twice a year. Um, like, you I, you wouldn't want to do it monthly because you could burn your burn your product out. But I, I think it's especially interesting <clears throat> on older products, like stuff you're not, like not maybe not your flagship. Like, for example, Michael Hyatt. He's one I did in the Hopkins formula. I talked about how he could use it in his business. He has a couple courses that are two or three years old that he doesn't really push paid advertising to, doesn't really talk about him much at all. So how interesting would it be if he had a pre-segmented part of his list, which you could totally do through content upgrades, if you had written three or four blog posts over the last six months that were related to publishing? And out of those blog posts, you've tagged 2,000 people in your email list that are interested in that topic. And then two months later, you send him an email and said, hey, I know you're interested in publishing. I actually have this whole course that teaches you how to get published. It's normally $300. It's free for you for a week. What do you have to lose? Like you're not those people probably don't even know your thing exists anyway. It's almost a uh, and and you get a lot of bump out of it because it's so abnormal that people talk about it. So people were tweeting about it, and, or there were a couple blog posts written about it because it was so weird that nobody does that kind of thing. So it had a it had a shock factor to it that, uh, that that helped it spread a little bit, and you get a little viral coefficient out of it.
0: Totally. Here's this thing that I got. I, it typically costs four hundred dollars or maybe even more. And you can have it for free. Check it out.
1: I mean, that's shocking. <laughs> that gets you. So I, I, I love it. Like to me, I, I try to do stuff that's just interesting to me and is good and actually helps people. And I want to make money too, but that's not the number one priority. And to me, that like qualifies for all of those things. And at the end of the day, it really works. Like it's a good strategy.
0: I think it can also be called, I think it's the Hari Krishna formula because are they not the ones that walk over and give you the rose?
1: The who? I never heard of them.
0: Hari Krishna. Is there a religion? Anyways, this is a strategy that they use in subway stations. Oh, interesting. And they'll walk up and they'll give you a rose, and then they'll ask you for a donation. Huh. But once they get the rose into your hands, uh, you're actually more likely to provide the donation than if they held on to it themselves.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of psychology behind it, and Clyde talks about that in the book and how it works
0: and all. It's really, really, really interesting. I definitely recommend that book. I have it as well. So. One other thing that you mentioned was the Santa Claus formula, and it sounded like this is what you actually used to grow your business in the first place. Is that correct? Uh, yes. that was the. So the Santa
1: Claus formula is, I probably should have come up with a better name for it, but I try to coin all the different terms. That way I can remember them and they're more relatable. Um, so the Santa Claus formula is a really good way to get freelance and consulting work and And to build eventually an informational product or SaaS product or service-based business. Um, And it's a really low-risk way to validate an idea quickly. Um, So one blog I read a lot is Neil Patel, uh, quicksprout.com. And Neil, and and there's a lot of people like this too. I just tend to gravitate towards his. But um, today, for instance, here's an example. Today he had a blog post called How to Increase Your Instagram Engagement by 182%. And inside of this article, I haven't read it, but he gives you a step-by-step process of exactly how to do that. Um, so what if you went to a business that was heavy into Instagram, so a lot of businesses in the fitness world, uh, like my local CrossFit gym, is really active on Instagram, and they push uh, sign-ups to their free class, which leads into their monthly program through Instagram. They do that regularly. So they would be really interested in increasing their Instagram engagement by 182%. So... If you wanted to offer, if you're just starting out and you're trying to find your idea, which is maybe the most frustrating stage of starting a business, you could take this article, which you don't know anything about right now, but read it and know more than 90% of people out there on how to do Instagram right. So that cures the knowledge problem. You know how to do it. And you know it's an issue because Neil's writing about it and a bunch of people have commented about it. If you went to that local gym and told them you were going to do this service for them, they would pay you for it. Um, so the Santa Claus formula, it works on that theory. You take um, knowledge that you have or that you've gained by reading a blog post somewhere, a very, very niched, uh, it's almost productized consulting type of service and do the service for them. So for instance, if your pitch to this gym was we need to do four posts a day and one of them needs to be a hard pitch on the free class. Uh, go ahead and design the creative, design the picture and put the put the call to action, write the Instagram. Like post, maybe set up a fake Instagram account that doesn't have any followers and post for a week, showing them exactly how you would manage their Instagram account. The key is showing them, not telling them what you're going to do, but show them what you can do. Um, So it's a whole lot easier if somebody emails me out of the blue, somebody did this recently and said, hey, Brian, your website is really slow. And I knew that I was actually been tracking it, but didn't know how to fix it. And they shot a 10-minute video walking through my entire site with uh, some type of code thing that showed all the different scripts I had loading. I had like 90 of them loading. And they showed me exactly how to fix it and said, hey, you can fix it with this knowledge or you can pay me $300 and I'll do it. So guess what I did? I paid them $300 as quick as I could. Because they they had showed me everything I needed to know inside of that one cold email pitch from somebody I never knew. Um, So the Santa Claus formula is one, identifying a problem. To providing a solution, but identifying one person to sell it to, one person that's very, very targeted and doing whatever the thing is for them. And depending on what your industry is, that doing can be a little harder. So, like if you're a personal trainer, it's hard to go train somebody before they even know you exist. But what can you do to expel all the doubts they have in the, their mind about your legitimacy? With online marketing, it's easy. You can do a lot of the stuff ahead of time. So, if you want to, if you want to write eBooks for people, just go write the eBook for them. Like, take a blog post, soup it up, make a really nice cover, and send it to them and say, "Hey, here's an eBook I made for your blog post. Um, you can have it. Uh, do you like it?" Like, and that's what I did. I just used my example. I did that last summer. Uh, I went to one of the people I wanted to work with was Neil, and he runs a, a company called Kissmetrics. So I went to Neil. And said, um, I sent him an email and said, hey, Neil, I I know that y'all use infographics to promote your business. And he writes about that a good bit of how effective it is. So I actually took your most popular infographic you guys have ever made and turned it into a video. And I made a video infographic. It was really nice looking. And cold emailed him and said, hey, I just want you guys to have this. If you want to use it, cool. If not, no big deal. Just wanted to say thank you. And like they loved it. It went crazy. They posted it as a guest post. And they asked me how I could do this for them more. So since then, that's since September of last year, I've been making a video for the Kissmetrics blog, which is one of the uh, more highly trafficked blogs on the internet and online marketing. Um, I've been making a video every single week for them on a paid basis. So that's been a very lucrative thing. And I've done that same approach for Buffer, for HubSpot, for AppSumo and other companies uh, that I just wanted to work for that I thought were cool. Uh, So make the thing for them, show it to them, and then the business... I don't even know if I've ever actually asked any of the people I've converted, like specifically for the business. Most of the time they're asking me how much they can pay me to do the thing for them.
0: So, I mean, what it really sounds like is you're making them look better and by making them look better, they want to work with you. Oh yeah. Like everybody
1: wants good people, like everybody, no matter how big the company, no matter how small the company, like I need a good designer that I don't have to babysit. I don't have to do, like, I, I can get designers that are cheap and do a bunch of work to give to them, but if somebody cold contacted me out of the blue with a nice PDF version of one of my blog posts, that's something I want to do more of, but the process of doing it where it looks really nice is just painful a little bit, so if somebody, like, wanted to charge me $500 a month and they turned every one of my Friday posts into a really nice, really well-formatted ebook, I totally go for that, but nobody, like, I've had, I've talked about this a lot on different podcasts, written about it multiple times, I've had one person ever to pitch me like that. So like, it's just work. And most people want to buy an email list and spam 20,000 people. They don't want to spend 20 hours on one person. If you spend 20 hours on one person that's really targeted, like you'll get their business. Uh, And if not, like in March, I did an experiment where I did this to five. Actually, my goal was to do it to 20 companies. I wound up pitching five in the first week and four of them bought. And this is like $2,000 a month services and up stuff. So the method really works if you really focus in on one person, try to analyze their business and what their high priority needs are and see where you can fix things for them. Um, it's it's really easy, honestly, and significantly easier than trying to build a product or build a service or even blog. Uh, like You can make money in the next week if you can go find an issue that I'm having and pitch me on it. And I've already given you three that I would probably pay you for. So like, just email me and do that. Don't tell me you're going to do it, do it and send it to me. And that proves your chops. That proves that you like understand things and you're not going to be a, I'm not going to have to micromanage what you're doing. Like you get it. I can, I can understand all that if you do the thing before you contact me.
0: I mean, that makes a lot of sense and I I could definitely see myself using this for my own strategies, but, or for the things that I'm selling, you know. I guess one thing that I'm thinking here is there has to be a balance at some point between the number of let's say your existing strategy is just cold emails uh, versus in your case you're making it you're taking customization and personalization to the extreme, which is I'm actually going to deliver you a product for free, which actually I think you know has a little bit of some of the other stuff that you mentioned the Hopkins formula, which is. Let me give you this thing, put it in your hands, it's free, and then if you want, you can pay me for it.
1: That's a good observation. And you have to be strategic. You can't, like I had a coaching client one time that, (laughs) this was before I got a hold of him, but he sent out, he went through, I think the foundation or Sam Evans thing, one of those programs anyway, and he was cold contacting roofing contractors to redo their websites. And I think he did like 20 at first and got one of them to pay him. And it was a big job. It was like 10 grand or something. And then he wound up doing, like in the next three weeks, he did 200 pitches without getting any feedback from somebody and spent a lot of money doing 200 pitches because they were like bulk mail, not email, but like mail to somebody. And he spent five hours on each one. He didn't convert a single person and wasted all the 10 grand he made. So like you can get stupid with this strategy. You have to be smart about it. Um, But if you're being strategic and you're doing small little validations as you go, you protect your downside on it. you know, so, like, here's another strategy I did uh, using the same program. So, Neil, I, I use Neil's post a lot because they're easy to do. Um, he, he wrote one a couple months ago. This was probably April of this year. He did one on how to grow your Twitter following. And I had just wrote about this whole thing. So, I wanted to use an example. So, I took the article. And, and the, the strategy was basically, if you want to get more Twitter followers, follow a bunch of people on Twitter and unfollow anybody that doesn't follow you back. So, the, the, the strategy isn't necessarily all that great. It does actually grow your following. It works extremely well. Your quality of follower isn't extreme, but it works well. So what I did is read that read that post and I was like, man, that could be a service that somebody offers to somebody. That could probably be a SaaS product at some point or definitely an informational product and definitely a service, but the service is the easiest to make because I don't have to make anything to do it. I just like do what his post says. So I went to everybody that shared that article. So I went to Topsy, topsy.com, I put in the URL of the article, and it sped out a list of a couple hundred people that had shared the article. And I went to the Influential tab, so there was 15 or 20 people there. And Influential would be the people with big followings and that interact a lot and whatever. And I just found their email address and sent them an email and said, Hey, I saw you shared Neil's post on how to grow your Twitter following, but I noticed you weren't doing that strategy. I would like to do that for you. I'll charge you $50 a month. And signed up 10 people from that. 10 out of 18 people wound up signing up for that $50 a month service. I wound up hating doing this service, and I had a VA that did it, and I think he costs $30 a month, and they were charged 50 a month. And there's a lot you could do with that, but they were pre-qualified because they'd shared the article. That didn't necessarily mean they read it, but they were the target customer, and I used kind of a, a third-party validation in nil. I didn't say, I'm really good at this, or I've done this a lot. I'd never done it before. I, I relied on Neil's expertise of what he taught and his reputation to kind of support me in the sales pitch. I didn't say I worked for Neil. I didn't say Neil told me to do this, anything like that. I just said, hey, I saw you read Neil's article. I want to do Neil's article article for you. Um, so that'd be another example of it. Yeah, that isn't necessary. I guess in that example, I didn't show him. I just used Neil's example kind of as the explanation.
0: But that is an awesome strategy. And I definitely could see leveraging Topsy to find influencers on any topic uh, who's discussing any article to reach out to them for a relevant dialogue to try to sell them on something. So, yeah, that, that I, sounds I think, awesome. I
1: think people get really intimidated by going after people, like bigger people. But the thing is, people just starting out don't have money. Like, it's really hard to sell stuff to poor people, but it's really easy to sell good services to people that have money (laughs) So, like going after nil and and you and noah and just and whoever's in your space if you're in crossfit you know rich froney like go after him like he's probably not as hard to get as you think it's like the 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 hot girl at the bar she's the one that gets hit on the least because everybody thinks everybody else is hitting on her like the eights are hard to get the tens are kind of easy because nobody else is talking to him so um, so yeah, it, it, it's an extremely effective uh, strategy. And like with the Twitter example, that could easily become a SaaS product. You sign up 20 people to a $50 a month service uh, and you have $1,000 a month. That's not changing your life or anything, but you have traction. Like you can see people want that. There's all types of upgrades you can add on that. Maybe you're putting images in all of their tweets or and they're using Buffer and you're jumping in and putting images because that increases the click-through rate by 30% or whatever the, the add-on you can come up with. But that can easily be made into a SaaS product that is $25 a month and you can get a thousand people on and now you're making some, some decent cash. But instead of going and building the SaaS product and then trying to find people to get on it, provide whatever you want as a service, get some people on it, validate it, get some traction, fine tune it, and then build something to do it. But you immediately have customers from day one with zero overhead.
0: I absolutely love that. And one thing that I'm wondering is why haven't you built the product?
1: Built what product?
0: This Twitter product.
1: Oh, that, that's that's a really good question, actually. I did it with two things. I did the Twitter thing, and I did uh, another one I called the... You can actually go. I think I still have the landing page up. Getleapfrog.com was the name of the Twitter service. Uh, now, don't buy it. I don't even know if you can buy it still, but because I'll refund you. But uh, Anyway, there's another one I did called the 120 Outreach Program, and it was actually $250 a month. And there was a whole thing. I would reverse engineer who had tweeted what and found their email address, so you could... So if you had somebody that was tweeting about CrossFit in your area, I could give you their email address so you could contact them about your CrossFit gym or whatever your industry is. Uh, but I did both of those services at the exact same time, and both of them worked extremely well as far as selling. But what I found was I hated doing them. Like I didn't enjoy it at all. And I, th- I think that's interesting. Like that's not a failure at all. Like it sold and it did well, and I learned a lot, and I can talk about those experiences now to help other people use the same method. But I didn't enjoy it. Like. And that's kind of what video fruit is right now. It's just a big experiment in trying to figure out what I like, what I can make money on and what I can help people with. And whatever the the intersection of those three things is winds up being the focus of the company or should be the focus of your company as well. But if I don't like it, like I despised going in leapfrog was a little different because I had a VA kind of running the whole thing once it was set up. But the other one for sure, the 120 outreach, like I just hated it. Like I did not enjoy doing the work at all. So like that, that's not bad. You can quit. Like you don't have to marry stuff. Like do it for three months. If you don't like it, quit it.
0: Um, so I just quit because I didn't enjoy it. That makes a lot of sense. Don't do something you're not passionate about.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, I'm, you don't have to marry stuff and don't feel like when you're getting, like if you're trying to get your idea, just commit to three weeks, like go to Nils, go to uh, this podcast, go to any podcast out there talking about marketing. And one key, slight tangent, one key, the closer you can get to money, the easier it is to sell something. So the closer you can get to the checkout like buying process, the easier it is. But just go to go find one article somewhere, pitch it to one person, and try to get one person to buy over the next three weeks. And t- try. If you can't do it, it doesn't mean it's a bad idea, it doesn't mean that you suck. It means that it's probably not the right time for you to try to sell that exact thing. Spend the next three weeks on another thing. And do that until you can get traction with something and then focus on that and figure out if you like it, if you can help people with it and if people to buy it. And if you can reach that intersection, like you're in a good spot, but it's an experiment. It's not a, it's not like you just like make your list of 50 things you like and you pick one and that's your thing you do for the rest of your life. That's a bunch of crap. All
2: right.
0: Well, I'll remember not to uh, focus just on one passion Wait and uh, see what the market wants if I actually want to make money.
1: Yeah. I mean, some people are good at that. I don't, don't take anything I say as an absolute because some people like that know they want to be a doctor at three years old and they're doctors today and they're happy. Great for those people. I've never been that guy. Like I got to try a hundred things to figure out. I'm trying to buy swimming trunks. It'll take me three months because I got to find the one I want. So, and I've found at least the people I've run across, there's more people like that than there are people that have known what they wanted to do since three. So I tend to talk to, to those people more. But if you know what you want to do, do it. Like figure out a way to make money, but I don't. So I gotta I got to experiment, excuse me, experiment with stuff.
0: Or you could just say that we're both ADD, and that's sort of sort of how we operate. Hey, that works too. <laughs> awesome. Well, Brian, we've learned so much today from the content upgrades, the Hopkins formula, what you call the Santa Claus formula. This has been incredibly insightful. So I really appreciate you coming on.
1: Hey O'Neill, I'm sorry I missed the O in your name. So videofruit.com/oneill, and uh, there'll be I'll put a link to all this stuff so people can get to it and any type of anything we talked about.
0: Awesome. And is there a way for, how can people uh, find you? Yeah, videofruit.com slash O'Neill.
1: I have my contact information there, a bunch of bonuses for you and stuff like that. So you can implement everything we're
0: talking about. Awesome. Thanks again, Brian. Thanks, Nate. Listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. And I look forward to seeing you next week.